If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. You are listening to an all-games radio network broadcast of allgames.com. This is George Romero. You're listening to ZombieCast. This is Greg Nicotero of The Walking Dead, and you're listening to ZombieCast. This is Danny Green, and I'm listening to ZombieCast. You better be listening to it, too. Well, you are if you're hearing me. So keep listening. Yo, monkeys, it's me, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion, and, of course, Billy Ray Snapper and Devil's Rejects. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening to the zombie cast. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Bang! Hi, this is Norman Reedus, and you're listening to Zombie Cast. Zombie Cast. Temple, you know me as Axel from The Walking Dead, and I'm here to tell you, zombie cast. Stay tuned in. Follow me. And thank you, Romero, for that super awesome introduction this week. And welcome, zombies, to Zombie Cast, an unofficial guide to all things zombie, episode 217, where I'm Sean. I'm Gabe. I'm Norma. And thank you, Zombies, for another download of ZombieCast this week. We want to thank you no matter where you get us. iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, ZombieCast.net. But the best place is every Monday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern at allgames.com forward slash chat. Come over here, enter your name. Mingle with the Zombies all around the world. We got a little bit of Australia in here now, the U.K., See everybody but Antarctica in here right now. But, uh, you know, All Games is from the creators of G4 TV. So we want to thank the All Games Radio Network. Uh, we do want to remind you guys to go over to ZombieResearchSociety.com as we are the official and only radio show of the Zombie Research Society. Go over there and browse all those news articles. And you can actually listen to ZombieCast over there on the front page. Uh, we, you know, one of our hosts, which comes on from time to time, Matt Moak from AMC's The Talking Dead, is also the founder of the Zombie Research Society. And we got George Romero, ton of guys over there on our panelists. So we want to thank the Society for having us. Is the official radio show. And if you go over to Facebook for the social media, search ZombieCast like our page there. And over on the Twitters, we're at ZombieCast World. And click that banner up top and follow each individual host on ZombieCast. So we want to thank all you guys, the live listeners, the feed listeners, everybody. But you know what? Matt from Canada is not on tonight. He's uh, he's tending to the wife. You know, they're going to have a baby. So uh, Matt will be back next week, maybe. Not unless they add an addition to the family. But we got Onslaught Gabe with us, dude. How are you doing, Gabe? What's going on, Sean? Thanks for having me, man. I'm pretty excited to be on this episode. Yeah, yeah, dude. This is a, a very special episode. And, uh, dude, you're always welcome here on ZombieCast, man. So, uh, you know, Uncanny X-Pros, man, we need to bring that back. It's uh, It's been a while, man. I love that show. <laughs> it, it, uh, it's, 
Uh, uh, it's it's coming. Let's just put it this way. It's coming. Just a matter of not if. It's a matter of when. That's so. what she said, man. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ted, man, how are you doing? I'm all right. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing pretty good, man. I, I was good, loving the year last night, man. So, say, so Gabe. Wait, it, wait, 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 wait. What'd you say? What'd you say? You were loving, loving it? Well, you know. Gabe, you know, listen to ZombieCast. I'm the only one that likes fear on the show. I love. Oh, it. I hear, I hear, I hear all the stuff they give you every week. That's man, not. So. Yes, you know, you know, I'm kind of lukewarm about it. So I wouldn't say that not all of us doesn't like like it. But you know, we we I enjoy it. There's some things we have to pick out, but other yeah. than I, I, nobody on this show I think hates fear. I just think it's a it's a it's a, yeah it's it's exactly what Norma said. It's lukewarm. It's like I don't love it. But I, I, I don't. There's not much I bitch about about it. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's just, it's just a thing, right? I honestly think Ted was the most positive of the four last week about it. So, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, Ted, to, to speak of it, of know, the four. Wait a minute. So you mean Sean wasn't even that? No, no, no. Well, of the three, I'm sorry. Oh, I was, was going to say, wow. You, you know what, Ted? You're so big on the Grimes, man. You know what? I think Travis would take the bat from Negan and beat his ass. He hasn't even been in the last two episodes either. Where the hell is he? Oh, man, he's pumping up, dude. He's Schwarzeniggering <laughs> up. Travis is the man. But, guys, you know, we, tonight is a very special episode, a, a really good episode. And, and you know what? There's a superstar site out there, a monster site, that, we, that we're all members of, we all like, we all follow. And you know what? Globally, they're known big time. And uh, it, it's an honor to have from comicbook.com. Brandon Davis, dude, welcome to ZombieCast. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing great, man. Thank you guys so much uh, for letting me join the show tonight. Really excited. Yeah, man. You know, we're all the time about opening doors, building bridges, and man, dude, just thanks for joining us, man. It's uh, it's an honor to, uh, to have you. You know, we're going to talk maybe a little fear, a little comicbook.com, but uh, we're going to have a good time, uh, Brandon. Yeah, and I'll 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 go ahead and agree with the lukewarm comments on fear. <laughs> there you go. All right, all right, we'll we'll get into it, Brandon. We'll get into it. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, you know, one of our moments of awfulness. And the, you know, I thought last night was kind of a basic, boring episode, but there was a scene or two. I was like, ah, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's like little bits of greatness with bits of stupidity scattered everywhere. Uh, uh, we'll talk about it, but Brandon, <laughs> we have a signature <laughs> question. And from now on, when you come on ZombieCast, you never have to answer this question again. But being it's your first, on behalf of you and ComicBook.com, I want to ask you, man, we always ask our guests the definition of a zombie. You know, there's a million different definitions. There's fast, there's slow, there's Scooby-Doo, Indiana Jones, <laughs> the Romero, The Walking Dead. But Brandon, dude, like, like if a zombie movie comes out and you're like, fuck it, man, this is my cup of tea, what's the definition of a zombie to you, uh, Brandon? Oh man, uh, you know I think is uh, there's different kinds of zombies, obviously. But I mean the 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 wide definition is just something that has lost all inhibition and wants nothing more than to kill everything around it. That's living. So I mean, you could get zombies like The Walking Dead, in which case I think we'd all at this point survive having watched the show. But then there's like the I Am Legends or the Twenty Eight Days Later's. You know, that would just totally... Or Z... Z uh, uh, what's the Brad Pitt movie? Um, World War Z. World War Z. They would just ruin us. They'd absolutely... I'd be... I'd, I know I'd be screwed. Well, yeah, that, that's like a... See, see, that's what I'm saying. Those types of zombies, you're screwed. They're, like, coming so fast. They never run out of energy. And, I mean, you can... how? I mean, I'm sure anyone on this show, how long could... Uh, I don't know about you guys. I could run about five feet, and I'm already like, fuck this. <laughs> so... 
you see, yeah, but like like the Walking Dead zombies, I'm almost like if, if one of these things kills me, I deserve to get it. You know, it's like my friend, my my dad, my friend's dad had a great saying when we were kids: if you get killed by the mummy, you deserve to die. True. Yeah. And well, that's I mean, and I'm talking about the old mummy, not the new mummy. That was my biggest problem with the episode, uh, the mid-season premiere of Fear the Walking Dead. Like, those guys, uh, I don't even think they got named. They dropped their bullets and just got eaten by zombies. I was like, dude, like, yeah. how did you survive this long? Right. Yeah. We talked about that last week. That's the dumb, one of the dumbest scenes in Walking Dead history on either show. What's your mouth, said? What was, what was a great, what was a great episode? That's the one moment where you're like, come on. Yeah, yeah. So, um. You know, well, well, Ted, what about the Murphy zombies? He likes uh, strip clubs. Z Nation. That's a, oh, cool that's a pass. That's a free pass. Come yeah. on. Yeah, well, There's I, nothing I, better than the Murphy I actually zombies. forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, we got Craig Engler and Murphy coming on ZombieCast here uh, for the season three premiere, so uh, prepare for that, zombies. I forgot to mention that. But, uh, but Brandon, you're, 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 you're from uh, comicbook.com, and we're talking millions of followers, man. It's uh, You guys have an empire over there. And, uh, dude, uh, how did you become a part of comicbook.com? Uh, it's kind of a long story. One thing kind of led to another. But um, I guess you could say I'm more of a bandwagoner. I got into movies before I got into comics. Like, I mean, I had read comics growing up as a kid a little bit, but I never really dove into them. Uh, but then I just started getting into the Marvel and DC movies, which sent me back to the comics as opposed to going from the comics to the movies. Um but then uh, I was in school and I started getting into filmmaking and whatnot, ended up getting involved with the local news, doing like entertainment news with them. And then right as I was about to graduate, I just reached out to Comic Book and I was like, hey guys, I read your site a lot. Love to come do some video stuff. And uh, one thing led to another. Before I knew it, I'm living in Nashville working uh, at comicbook.com. Dude, that's nice. Pretty man. awesome. Pretty awesome. Hey. How did that feel when they said yes? Like, what? <laughs> tell me what your. Hmm. Your body and your mind, did, you know. Was it like an was it like an explosion? You know, an explosion. <laughs> or that tingling that just went from your did you have toes to your head? Filled you your loins that you exploded <laughs> everywhere. It was it was a, it was like a little bluish hue deep down in the plums. <laughs> uh, it would no. It was like I, I don't think it hit me at first. Like I don't think I really even knew what I was getting into because. Like, in 2014, I had gone to Comic-Con just as a fan. Like, I mean, I saved up money. I was so broke in college. And I saved up money. I spent it all on a plane ticket uh, and a couple nights in California. And I literally slept on the sidewalk and in a car at Comic-Con just trying to get in li- I was in line for Hall H and whatnot. And um, if you would have told me that weekend that a year later, I mean, I'd have a pass to these panels and I'd be interviewing all these people afterwards, I mean, I'd have lost my mind. So I, I think at the time when I got the job, it, like, didn't even hit me. It took until, you know, like, I think my first, like, press event that I went to was for Chappie with Hugh Jackman. And I think that's when it really hit me. Like, uh, Sony was like, hey, we're going to fly you up to New York. We want to get you one-on-one interviews and all that stuff. And I was like, whoa, holy uh. shit. Are we really <laughs> Tell uh, me, how amazing is that Axeman person? Oh, it's everything you would dream of. Yes. It's it's yes. everything. <laughs> Listen to her. Listen to normal. What's going on? Hugh Jackman, come on. Oh, Hugh, come oh, on. Hugh ja- oh, wait. Oh, I didn't know we were saying Hugh Jackman. Oh, yeah, Hugh Jackman. I'd be like, oh. You would, we would all be on the floor just like Hugh in a Jackman's no joke like my favorite actor. He's in two of my favorite movies. I love Hugh mm-hmm. Jackman. 
So, Brandon, do you still go to Comic-Con, or do you just have the information fed to you, and you just kind of uh, report stuff? What's that? Do you still go to Comic-Con every year, or do you have a lot of the stuff just fed to you as far as the information to put up videos and stuff? I I go to so many conventions every year. I've been to Comic-Con every year since I've been to 2015 and 2016. Uh, This year was absolute insanity. Uh, We, we as a site, have grown, so we just got – incredible access uh to tv shows and movies and comics and just i mean everything uh so it was like i think i if i slept four hours a night this that this year it was a good night uh but i mean it's a blast it's just it's draining but i got i ended up getting really sick after the convention and i could have i skipped work a couple days when i got back because i just didn't even get out of bed but totally worth it not don't mistake that for complaining i'm not bitching about comic-con by any means (laughs) Is that like the nerd flu that they call it? Yeah, that is real. That's a thing. It's real, and it got me this year. Nice. Well, Gabe goes – you go every year, right, Gabe? Well, Gabe got disconnected. I'm Uh, adding him in right now. I will answer for Gabe, yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, Gabe does. Man, Skype is uh, blowing. See, Gabe. I'm back, dude. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good, man. You're good. So you go to Comic-Con every year also, right? Yeah, I'm coming up on my fi- – this was my 15th year that I've gone to Comic-Con. So I used to go back in the 90s. Um, I've been on your guys' show to talk about it and stuff like that. So I try to go every year, not as press or just, just as a fan. I usually get pretty lucky every year in getting tickets. So, uh, yeah, this year I, it was another, another, another stellar year of Comic-Con. So I loved it, man. Yeah, I'd, l- I'd like to check it out sometime. Uh, yeah, I've, yeah, invited, we gotta, I've invited you every year. Con, you got to get come Freeman on, out there. Did you guys do um, Walk Stalker or any, any yes. other like that? Yeah, yeah. Well, well you know, we, we could do, you know, the Zombie Research Society used to do the zombie panel uh, with with uh, Max Brooks and Matt Moak and all those guys. And we could get celeb badges to go out there. But, dude, I'm in North Carolina, so I never win. So I do get to, like, Atlanta Walker Stalker. Club. I win. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta Walker Stalker is a blast. I'm, I'm going to be there this year. I was there last year. It's so much fun. Oh, fantastic. I, I have to do the, the New York and then the Philadelphia one. Oh, yeah. They, they, they did a Charlotte one um, recently, right? Or it's coming up? Yeah, uh, it's coming up. So I'm going to be going to that one uh, also. It's in December. You know, they had it in June, I believe, but we had that HB2 law. Uh, so they canceled it due to that, you know, the, the, the gays in the bathroom law and stuff. So they canceled here. But now that over half the states have that law, I think they're uh, it's set in stone for December. So I'll be going to that also. But you know, Rick, man, he only goes to uh, to Atlanta, man. That's so, so you got to go to Atlanta, man. That's like yeah, the awesomeness, man. Because you know, in Atlanta, we would stay like at the Westin uh, with all the celebs, dude. And really, after hours with all the celebs was, was like the highlight of our trip. Oh yeah, Walker Stalker, man. Yeah, they're, they're, I gotta. When I was in San Diego this year, I actually walked into a bar. I mean, it was like. 1.30 in the morning, and uh, I was with one of my, the guys from Lucas Siegel from Comic Book, and uh, we were meeting a couple people there, and we walk in, and I'm like, dude, it's 1 in the morning, and this dude in the back is still cosplaying as Negan. And uh, as we got closer, I was like, dude, this dude looks just like Negan. And it turned <laughs> out to be not Negan, but Dominic Cooper of Preacher, and I was like, what the fuck? Oh, and he was dressed in a black leather jacket, and I was like, "Dude, you look like Negan." And he was like, "We ended up having a few drinks with it." I mean, that's those are the kind of things from Comic Con I think that are the best when you get to like have those unexpected interactions and stuff like that. There's that's that's the best. In my yeah, because Gabe, Dude, he's I, I, Howard I, I, Stark too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I was saying, oh, go, sorry. Go ahead. 
No, no, I just was agreeing. No, I'm going to set this up for Gabe because I was so jealous. I think it was the year before last. Gabe was at Comic-Con. You could tell your story, Gabe. But Gabe was walking like from his hotel to Comic-Con and ran into – it was it was uh, Andrew Lincoln, Norman it, – it was the whole group of The Walking Dead walking to the con by themselves. You know, so Gabe ran into him. Dude, he got pictures and all everything with all of them with not a lot of people around, dude. Gabe, I was so jealous. Yeah, it was – like I said, it was about six blocks away and they were – Going into like some des- not a deserted building, but some type of building I think to do press, but it was pretty far away uh, from the con, and we were looking for parking uh, just to get into the con that morning. So I think they were getting ready for the day's panels and stuff like that. So when we were driving around in the middle of the street, like I've said before, we've uh, we just saw about four or five blacked out SUVs pulling up to this building, huh. and the first person we saw to get out was uh, I think it was Abraham. No, no, no. It was Tyrese. Tyrese was the first one to get out. And then after that, they just all started flooding out. Michonne, Tyrese. It was like uh, a Darryl. walking dead clown car. Yeah, yeah right? Was, yeah. And so, yes. like I said before, we my friend just literally stopped in the middle of the street. Two of me, and, me and my friend James, my other Uncanny X-Pro, we ran out with our phones and everything. And, and like I said uh, – Andrew Lincoln couldn't have been nicer, man. He was, uh, uh, he was, he was, he, uh, he liked my Batman phone cover. Talked yeah. about that for a couple seconds. I really and it was enjoyed Really cool Batman. to take. Did yeah, he did, that man. Batman that British accent. <laughs> I was like, dude, you could have it if you want. <laughs> Just, but, uh, but yeah, he uh, he was really, really nice enough to to take a picture with us, and and so was everybody else. But it's always the PR people that were like. Couldn't have been, were just the biggest dicks that were just trying oh, yeah. to get them in the building right. and like shooing us away. I didn't even ask for an autograph. I just wanted pictures. I didn't really care. I wasn't going to resell any of this stuff. So for them just to take pictures with me was pretty cool. That's, that's the thing about the PR people. Yeah, they are the biggest dicks. Even when that because like like it's one story I could tell you is when I got the the thing you hear at the beginning of the show and George Romero says this is George Romero and you're listening to Zombie Cats. Like yeah, I went up to him and was talking to him and I said. I said, hey, would you would you do a bumper for the show? And he was like, oh, absolutely, no problem. And then some guy steps in, and I know he's like, no, we're not doing, no, no. And I was like, whoa, whoa. And then he's like, no, 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 I don't mind, I don't mind. And the guy's like, okay. And he walked off. And it's, yeah, it's like George Romero was absolutely, like, totally cool. And then some random dude just jumps in like a ninja, like, no. Yeah, so, yeah that, ma- that makes yeah. no sense. That, that, that wasn't cool, so. so. I think when you brought up Zombie Research, Research Society, that helped yeah, that's, too, right? Yeah, I dropped the Zombie Research name. And it worked. <laughs> right, like, oh, right. I know them. You know I'm on that board. I was like, really? Yeah. So, so Brandon, you, you know, you're from comicbook.com, but you, you've got a branch for The Walking Dead uh, that you do, and you do interviews and stuff like that, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, we, we have Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead section of the site is uh, definitely my baby. And I get to do a lot because of that. I get to do a lot of interviews. I've, I've been to the set. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Who has been the person that you have met that your knees were a little wobbly? Meeting <laughs> them? Uh, I'll tell you, I, uh, I had talked to him over the phone a couple times in the past, but at Comic-Con I did finally get to meet Andrew Lincoln. Nice. And, uh, I mean, he was such a nice guy. And, uh, I mean, I went, it, was a, it was a press conference after the panel. So we, I, I just grabbed him after the panel, wanted to introduce myself because we had already talked a few times, and I was like, you know, just wanted to meet you, blah blah blah. Uh, really, was just being a fan for a moment. Like I still, I still do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
we uh, we talked, and I mean, he he was just very excited. He just basically, you know, talked about how exciting season seven is going to be. And then right after I got done with him, we took a picture together, which was awesome. I loved it. Uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan walks up, and I was ta- find myself <laughs> talking to him for, for ten minutes, and I'm like, this is unreal. But uh, he was really cool, dude. I mean, he doesn't. <laughs> His mannerisms and the way he talks and like the way he dresses aren't that far off from what you picture from Negan. Right, right. So that was like, I mean, that was about as good as he gets talking to Andrew for 10, 15 minutes and then just talking to Jeffrey, which, I mean, it was just, that was awesome. so damn cool. Right, right. So, you know, me and Ted's been down to the set a couple of times, Brandon, also. And, dude, it's amazing how close that they are together, you know, like Alexandria to Woodbury. I mean, literally a, a rock toss from each other, man. It's uh, it's yeah, going down there to all that stuff. Like I said, when I was there last time, I was like, they're having to strategically place the camera as not to catch like the Woodbury hmm. water tower sticking up behind, you know, Alexandria because you can totally see all that shit. Yeah, so, and then yeah. the uh, the studio too, the Raleigh Studios. I mean, they build yeah. everything there. Like they showed me. Uh, where they filmed that Maggie and uh, Maggie and Aaron scene that was in the pipes. I mean, they showed me that. They showed me the hilltop uh, where they built the church. I mean, it's just, and the sanctuary. Oh man, I mean, yeah. it's like unreal how they build that stuff. And like, but like, right behind it is a storage building, and you're just like, I would have never guessed that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, and, and, and it's weird, you know, because like, you know, the, the prison. You know, all, all, a lot of the stuff was done there. Yeah. Uh, you know, the last time. Or the first time that I went down there, they were doing building the set for. Uh, it was uh, to where they done the the. To where they had the green zombie in the tunnel. Whenever they come up on the train tracks, and there was a tunnel there. Mm-hmm. Okay. But 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 it, it's weird, but because you know it was all like paper bags and stuff, but you know it, it, like this train entrance to a tunnel, but you know there was really no hole uh, there. You're talking so about I, the the Glenn and Tara scene where they yeah yes yeah to where, to where they had the Bub zombie, kind of a tribute to Bub uh, yeah, yeah. thing. Which was, I guess, probably about three or four years ago. But yes, it's neat to see how they uh, they just build all that stuff. Um, the last time we were there, they were just actually building the church uh, for Alexandria there, so it was kind of half built uh, with all the camera stuff around it right there at the at uh, the Alexandria stuff. But uh, but do, but you know, do you mind talking fear for a little bit? Because you know, you, you, it seems like you got a pretty deep opinion about it, uh, Brandon. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's, what, what, what's going on, fear? What's fear? I don't know what that is. Uh, no, I, <laughs> I, all right, for me, with fear, you know, all, all of our listeners, you know, you know, know how I feel about it. And for me, I, I feel like you know, I definitely don't like it better than The Walking Dead, but I enjoy it. What? And, and I feel like I get an entrance. <laughs> Wait, where's Matt? Where's Matt when we need him? <laughs> what is this nonsense? <laughs> uh, I, I really like fear, but I feel like, you know, like whenever I was little and I would watch, say, like the Duke boys or something, you would get a an intro, a middle and an ending to each episode. And for me, I feel like fear does that. So I give it a lot of respect to <laughs> to what it is. But, you know, like Ted and Norman and Matt, you know, the other three hosts of ZombieCast, you know, they feel like that it's all fillers. But for me, dude, I, I feel like it's adventurous. It's good. It's like watching MacGyver for me. I love See, MacGyver. I I, I'm not going to say I think it's all filler. Too? It's not that I think it's all filler. I just I I just don't think it's good. You know what I'm saying? Like I I don't. But my main problem is I don't care about any of the characters. I really don't. I I like Nick, but mm-hmm. even Nick, even Nick, who I care about a little, I don't care about as anyone on the regular Walking Dead. You know what right. I'm saying? So it's, yeah. that's the that's the problem I have with the show is I don't like 
these people. Like, if any one of these characters was eaten on the show next week, I would not feel a thing. You know, and that's funny that you said that because we are going to season three. So, you know, at first we're like, well, maybe, maybe it's just we have grown to have Rick and his gang for so long that we've grown attached to them. But it doesn't feel that way. I don't know. I I honestly believe that if they had done this show without... Fear the Walking Dead or the Walking Dead behind it. It could be a show on its own, um, so, but I, our expectations have been a lot higher. Like, you know, the thing is, like you said, just said normal. It's, we're going, we're going to be going into season three, I guess, next year, and I and they're not going to make me care about these people. They've had enough time to write. Just know I'm not going to care about any of them. And I cared about Rick Grimes and Morgan and his kid on the first episode. Mm-hmm. You know, I was right. like, that's so sad, the thing with the wife out there. That's, oh, he's having to point the gun at. It's not fair, Ted. It's so sad. So, oh. so Brandon, what, what, what is your aspect of Fear of the Walking Dead, man, as a Walking Dead fan? Now, it, I, I, at times I like it a lot. At times I think they do some really dumb choices by characters, which, I mean, they just it just falls in the writing. But I think that uh, if... If, the sh- if, the- if it wasn't being compared to The Walking Dead, I think it would find way more success and respect from fans. But it is. And it's, it's always going to be. So they- I think that, what are we, 14 episodes into the series as a whole? By right. this point in The Walking Dead, we had lost Sophia in a shocking moment. We had the yeah. Rick and Shane tension, which was really interesting. <laughs> right. And it was much more interesting than anything between Chris and Travis or Travis and Madison or we anything had, like we that. We blown up the CDC. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. night and day. Yeah. Brandon, and, and, more- and there were moments where the characters felt like they were really in danger and you cared because you cared about the characters. And on Fear the Walking Dead, I think that we don't have that same attachment to the characters. I mean, for me, I really like uh, Nick and Strand. And yeah. I, I really like when they do the flashback stuff. And I like right. that they did in The Walking Dead, and I wish they'd keep doing it. I know they have an Ophelia flashback episode coming up, and I'm totally game for that because, A, I loved Lost, and, B, I think it helps tell the stories. But, but uh, I think that The Walking Dead has the advantage of we've been attached to those characters since 2003. We've, we've been read 157 comics with the same characters, and we're 79 episodes in. So to compare it to where the show is now, I don't think that's fair. But if you even if you look back at season two, I think that The Walking Dead was ahead of where Fear the Walking Dead is now. Season two was my favorite. But let's talk brass tacks, Brandon. Who would you kick out of bed first, the mom or the daughter? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Let's just let's, – let's go. <laughs> Let's kill Madison. No, I, 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 I think oh, this guy's on the right track. Yeah, I think kill they need to Let's watch Alicia grow. Let's watch everybody get affected by it. Let's watch Alicia and Nick come back together without their mom. They have no parents now. Let's kill Madison. Yeah, I'd like I to see uh, Nick and Alicia have their own little spinoff of adventures and stuff. Sorry, Kim. I know you were on Lost. I love you, but let's kill Madison. <laughs> Kim was on Lost. What you doing, Lost? She was uh, she was Sawyer's girlfriend back at back at home. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, a big Lost fan. She was also you on know, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, she was, and, and I liked her. She was like the head prostitute too. Yeah, she had D- she was one of Randiosa or something like that in Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, she's been on the Talking Dead the last two weeks too. Yeah, good. Maybe oh, that means they're going to kill her. Uh, <laughs> no, but, <laughs> no, but I like. I think. Have you guys seen Strand. next week's episode yet? No. No, the um, the sneak peek. Not yet. Do not disturb. No, Mm-mm. no. Oh, I saw the preview. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the preview. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a good. It's a pretty good episode. Uh, 
the ending is going to drive some people nuts, in my opinion. <laughs> no, no, we, we haven't seen the You have already thing. seen it. You get to see the episodes early. Yeah, I, see I got to see this one about three weeks ago. But uh, it's one of those cliffhangers where, like, it's not – I mean, since you're not crazy invested, you're not going to be super upset. But uh, it's like the typical Robert Kirkman, like, let's do a whole bunch of stuff and then leave you hanging so you absolutely have to watch next week. Okay. Mom's in the cottons. I do <laughs> want to say it felt like in this episode they try to do a little bit of the CDC moment where they find this hotel – um, I was a little disappointed that they did not further investigate to see if there was any more bodies in this humongous building. And yeah, uh, there, so there was no thrown off that the key card still worked. Rick, yeah, Rick and the, the gang, Rick, Rick and the gang would have done a room by room sweep. <laughs> That's know. it, or at least blocked it because I know that there was part in the um, in the prison that they didn't tread, but they were able to barricade it enough that it was not a, what's the word I'm looking for? That it was not a threat at the, you know, until they needed to go in and do that. So I was a little disappointed at what I did like about the scene, scenes following the hotel is when the, the infected were going towards a noise and they were falling off the balcony and you could see see like their body parts like split it's off yeah. and they were just getting up and keep moving that to was, whatever that's, it was that's the scene where I was, uh, where I was like I was like this episode is pretty boring and then that little bit when the zombies started falling I was like oh here we go it's getting good it's getting yeah. better. you know I thought the episode was decent I'm starting to see a little more positive character development you know in these characters like it just it seems a little more real I think they're getting a little more accustomed to who they are who they're playing, what their what their character is supposed to be feeling. You know, I like this um, new girl that we're meeting. Her name is Luciana, who's um, kind of taken Nick in. And I don't know. I, I could see them hovering a little bit of a romance together. I could see Ophelia and Nick getting together down the line. She looks so much older to me. Like, she I thought about that, but she looks like she's got a good five or six years at least. I think more her. than that. He looks like he's about 18 and she's about Yeah, 30. I think he's That's maybe 20 at best, and she's probably early 30s. Right. Yeah, but, you know, you was talking about the key cards, Brandon. You know, we have a local hotel. It's a five-star hotel. And, you know, it's all about recycling this ho this hotel. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, when people play our Coliseum, ACDC, Guns N' Roses, whoever, they always say this hotel, but, you know, they got solar panels covering the top of it, so they, they power their own hotel. So I just wonder if maybe if it was a hotel like that because they had hot water. Yeah, also. see, I actually did some research after that because I wanted to point it out to people, but it turns out that uh, the key card – the key card slots in the door are battery powered or solar powered, so they wouldn't mm. be affected by a power outage. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll let that go. <laughs> you win this time. I'll get you next time, gadget. Gadget. Yeah. Hey, real quick, do you guys think? Um, do you guys think Kirkman was kind of uh, forced by AMC? Not forced, but kind of persuaded very heavily with a lot of money to to help uh, spin off Fear, or do you think? He always wanted to do something like this because it seems so different from the regular Walking Dead, like night and day as far as the tone and stuff like that. Do you guys think this was like a cash grab or do you think it's, uh, a, cash, it's a cash grab? The only reason they're doing it is because they're hoping to replicate the Walking Dead success and make a, sh make a fuck zillion yeah. dollars. 
Yeah, I mean, what I do you think, Brandon? I don't think you would have ever had Fear the Walking Dead without the Walking Dead success, obviously. So they saw an opportunity to, you know, build on that popularity with another show. And their AMC is obviously looking for something. I mean, yeah. Breaking Bad went off the air. Mad Men went off the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, Turn is not doing that. I mean, what do they have? Hell on Wheels? Is that even still on? Uh, I think that they were just looking for something. because And Preacher is filling the gaps there. But that's yeah. not even getting ratings that are super desirable. So, I mean, and that came after Fear. So I think that they saw an opportunity to build on. I mean, The Walking Dead is a powerhouse. Like, I mean, it, it, Fear, Fear the Walking Dead is raking in $4 million an episode, which by comparison is less than a quarter. But it's still more than almost anything else on cable. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just didn't know if he wanted to tell <laughs> if he was just like, okay, I'm kind of tired of the whole Rick telling stories about like through the comic books about Rick and Michonne. And all. But I didn't know if this is the other stories he wanted to tell, like of of a different the other part story of the he world. wants to tell and that he should tell is the story of Jeff Grimes. Who's that? Like Rick's that. brother. Did you guys did you guys read the Alien? No. 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 Oh, the one-shot comic. It's uh, There's a one-shot comic, The Walking Dead, The Alien. It's about Rick Grimes' brother that, that he mentions in one of the first issues. It might actually be issue one. And uh, it's him in Barcelona. And he gets caught. He gets saved by, like, a girl on a horse. And they he gets bitten, and they're setting sail for America, and he's bleeding out. And she he says to the girl, uh, if you get to the States, please look for my brother. He's a sheriff. His name is Rick. And uh, the guy's name has been Jeff all along. And in the, one of the earliest issues of the Walking Dead comics, I think he only mentions it once. He says, my brother Rick is, like, out of the country or something. Mm. So I think Kirkman, if he wanted to do something on his own, I would love to see him do an alien movie. I, I don't know if it's something he would be actually interested in, but that would be the one way he probably could do it would be to – I don't know if AMC has any hold on that comic, that, those characters since they don't – they weren't part of that the That would original. be a cool yeah. one-shot series Yeah, or I would like that. to see yeah, that. Can, uh, can Andrew cool. Lincoln also play the brother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we look a lot alike, yeah. but we're not friends. You, you know, a couple of series I'd like to see. You know, Good friends of the show, and you know, they become real good friends in life too is uh, the guys from 68, Nat Jones. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see the 68 series done, but also Revival. Have you ever read that, Brandon, the Revival series? Which, no, which started it's uh, it's from Image Comics also, but it came out the day that uh, ep- you know, issue one hundred came out of The Walking Dead, and I went to Acme Comics here in town. And they're like, "Man, you got to buy this! You got to buy this!" And then all of a sudden, the, you know, the first print of it sold out quick, and then it was worth some coin. So you know, there's been a lot of reprints of it, but Revival Man is, is crazy, you know, man. Actually, I just looked it up while you're saying that. I think I have the first issue. I think I bought it because back around in 2012, I was just buying everything. Yeah. So I think I actually have that issue. So you know, and I think it's worth a little bit of coin now, man. That uh, that first printing of it because because you probably bought it the day that 100 came out because yeah. you know I, I think both of them being Im- Image Comics, they kind of. You know, kind of pushed. You know, they pushed it on me. They're like, "Dude, we're not, we're not going to let you leave without buying this." So, so I bought it, and uh, you know, it ended up being a really good series. You know, the lady starts off; it's kind of crazy, but the lady starts pulling her teeth, and it's real demonic and crazy, man. But uh, the revival series would be good by MC. Yeah, that'd be something. I, I had the chance to pitch a series to AMC once, and it was like a script that that was kind of what put me on this path to comic book. It was this opportunity with AMC, and we. Uh, filmed a, a, 
pilot called Shifting Gears. It was about a criminal trying to find a, his parents' murderer, and he becomes a criminal and tries to infiltrate out, but they didn't take it. And I was like, yo, you need something. Breaking Bad is done. Bad Man is done. You need something. <laughs> they were like, nah. I was like, you sons of guns. <laughs> you know, I wanted to ask you, because you had an interesting interesting theory when you were uh, talking to Danae yesterday, who plays Luciana on Fear the Walking Dead, about, I can't remember the, the man's name that plays the pharmacist, but about his bite. Can you enlighten us on your theory? I think he's lying, straight up. Uh, she, me too. She was trying to convince me uh, that he is telling the truth and that she believes him, but I think... Uh, for, for a couple of reasons that he's lying. For, first of all, I think he's, for, from a storytelling standpoint, from from the character standpoint, I think he's lying because he just needs the community to rally behind him. He's a pharmacist yep. and he's not equipped with the skills to survive. He can maybe cure the flu, but he can't cure a gun. So, so he's convinced everybody he's some sort of like a superhero's immune to exactly. He probably played The Last of Us and he saw how well Ellie was treated. So he made sure that he got the respect of everybody by telling them a little fable about him getting bit and surviving. And meanwhile, that scar could be any any number of things. Maybe he got shot. Maybe he had surgery. Something. But maybe uh, I he's think just he's taking the dirt from the floor and rubbing it every day. And exactly. But uh, also, I think that they know. They have to know. But the people behind that show have to know that to, to introduce something like that to this world with such a huge, adamant, loyal fan base, and all of a sudden you're going to tell us, out of nowhere, in the spin-off series nonetheless, that there is either a cure or a person who's immune to the virus, uh, I don't know if they could do that. I don't know how Walking Dead fans would react to that, and a lot of them would never even hear about it. Like the casual viewer who just watches on Sunday and doesn't dive into the internet afterwards would never hear about it. And I think, and but I talked to the producer Dave Erickson. He says it's going to pay off, and he thinks people will be satisfied. But I don't. I think he's lying. I don't think they could make a move like that on Fear of the Walking Dead. Mm. I think I, I like the idea that it's a ruse. Better. That's better. That, that's better story. A story to me that is just all a ruse. Yeah. And they're gonna. People are gonna find out. Yeah, that's true. One thing I want to ask you, being being that you're with ComicBook.com, I just thought about this. We recently had Rob Zombie's film on Thirty One, and to, you know, Lou Temple came on, uh, which I think is Psycho Psychohead uh, in the film Thirty One, Brandon. But you know, we've they've had a lot of problems getting this movie out. But to hear, but to hear, you know, Lou Temple talk about it, it's the most craziest, horrific. Mind twisting things. They say you take the worst part of the Devil's Rejects and multiply it times a million, and you're going to get the film 31. Are, are you looking forward to this, Brandon, or do you flop or what? Dude, horror movies, I scare easy. All right, uh, it, not with the not with blood and gore or whatnot, but right. movies like 31 or the Devil's Rejects, especially shit that seems like it. Sorry, uh, but stuff. That, oh, you're fine. Nope. That it could almost actually happen. Like for me, the scariest movie ever is The Strangers, because it just oh, seems yeah. so like it could happen to you. Uh, so that terrified me. And I saw Don't Breathe over the weekend, and I wasn't scared at all. So uh, Thirty One. I mean, Rob Zombie has a way of doing movies that's just absolutely absurd. Uh, did it, Did he have a hand in the hills? Have eyes? No, but that no. definitely killed Rob Zombie. That to me is like. After Devil's Rejects, that's the be- that's the most like grindhousey, yeah, that tone type of film. Yeah, yeah that see, remake was amazing. 
all those movies, if he's going to take 31 and make it even more visceral than those, I mean, then it's going to scare the crap out of people. And, I mean, if you and if you like that kind of thing, it's going to be right up your alley. I mean, he's he has a way of, like, like just his style is so... And I, I thought of The Hills Have Eyes because, obviously, I relate that to his style. So, I mean, he, I, I think for people who are... Obviously, fans of the genre, like hardcore fans of the genre, they're gonna they're gonna really enjoy it. Well, you guys, you know that I'm seeing that movie Thursday night. I guess oh, I'm seeing it a few weeks early. Ah, uh, so, so are you so going to the preview in Los Angeles? Yeah, so I'll, I'll have a review next week. I've seen a clip. There is a clip show that's pretty messed up, showing uh the main the main leader of the clowns is named Doomhead, and yeah. there's a really good clip online of him getting ready for the whole thing. He's like he's just putting all the white makeup on his face. And, you know, and instead of, like, he's a clown, instead of getting red makeup for the clown part, he punches himself repeatedly in the face to make his mouth and nose bleed. And oh, his wow. Ma- his mouth and nose, like, red paint is actually just the blood coming out of his mouth and nose. Casual. And uh. it's really creepy looking. See, I didn't realize that. I saw Rob and Sherry Moon uh, promoting that a lot for the pr- premiere in Los Angeles, and I know you said that you wanted to go. I didn't even realize that that, that, uh, that you were going to that test. So, dude, that'd be I awesome. They had they had open tickets for. They said you know like Sherry Sherry Moon tweeted out like uh, w- tickets are going on sale to see the movie three weeks early one night only you know and she tweeted it and I monitored Twitter the second it went up I was there getting a ticket. See man you gotta do good because you know the, the last big thing Ted when uh you went on the uh, Conan O'Brien show I was in Honduras dude I still haven't seen that for uh, Batman versus Superman. Well, you see me for about one second in the crowd, but that's about it. <laughs> hey, that's what works. And then you got the tickets to go see um, the Blair Witch. Yeah, so I got a I got a front of the line pass for Blair Witch. Blair, that's oh, that'd be Wednesday. Good. That's Wednesday, and thirty one is Thursday. So, okay. I, I, I these these whole front of the line things, you know, where you don't have a ticket to get in. I'm like, I'll believe I'm seeing Blair Witch when my butt is in the seat, you know, because it's. Right, right. But I, I'm sure I will be seeing it, but I'm you know I'm a little skeptical. But they told me I get to see it, so we'll see. Nice, nice. But uh, you know, what's some maybe horror movies uh, that, that you like, Brandon? Man, to a little, you know, personal preference. I know you know the Strangers. That's weird that you mentioned that because whenever my wife was pregnant with our third kid, I went to see that movie with a buddy, and, and my wife is the same way like you, Brandon. She hates like uh, what was that movie? Uh, uh, Kiss the girls. Yeah, the, the guy was burying the girls in the yeah. ground, which was in based in North Carolina. But my wife is terrified of those movies too, Brandon. And, and I took her pregnant, and she literally freaked out on me for the movie The Strangers. And she she agrees with you, man. That's one of the worst movies. I thought you were going to say she just had the baby right there in the theater. Not well, you know, ooh, you know, <laughs> oh, pregnant. By the way, <laughs> it's uh, you know, it, it was bad, man. You know, but, but it was my second time seeing. It. I went to see it with with my bros. And I was like, you know, what, let's go see this movie. I think you'll dig it. But she didn't dig it. Yeah, I really wanted to see it twice because of the cottons and uh, Liv Top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and your cottons. Yeah, but but maybe, I mean, what's the movies that you do like maybe on, on that? that? Uh, I, I enjoyed Insidious Chapter 3. Um, yeah. I thought that was way scarier than 2. I thought, I thought 3 was better than 2. I thought 3 was terrifying. Um, I thought, you know what movie, uh, Joyride. You ever heard of that movie? Candy Cane. I love Joyride, Paul Candy Walker. Candy Cane. <laughs> that movie is, is fantastic. That That is a hidden gem that everybody should go watch. 
Yeah, go watch uh, Joyride if you haven't. Uh, I really like the second Purge movie. I hated the first. I liked the second one. Yep. Uh, yeah, the, the third one's at our Dollar House Theater now. I need to go see it in the cheap theaters. And the Conjuring, yeah, that's it on video soon. The con- This is why I don't go to see a lot of movies in theaters is how fast they come to video because I know The Purge 3 and The Conjuring 2, which I plan to see, is already coming out on like home video in like a week from now. Oh, wow. So it's like, yeah, they rush movies out so quick that it's almost like, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think the Resident Evil franchise is fun. Uh, there's, I think there's just scenes in those movies I like more than the movies as a whole. Um, and Twenty Eight Days Later is pretty pretty good, pretty good film. Twenty Days Later was great. That just kept you like, me. Do you like the traditional kind of like the 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 modern day monster movies like Freddy, Jason, Leatherface, Michael Myers? Uh, I never really got into those. Well, that's I don't. Uh, <laughs> dead silence. But, uh, yeah. They got scarier as, as CGI got better. Those movies got scarier. I remember as a kid, I could watch them. Didn't bother. Oh, no, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that dinner scene with Grandpa. Yeah, it was pretty horrific, man. Just just with basic acting and, and a little cheap makeup. Yeah. That's what I think. If you go back and watch the originals, watch the first Halloween, the first Texas Chainsaw. The second Texas Chainsaw is almost a comedy. It's kind of like Evil Dead. Where the first one was like this really serious, gory, disturbing movie, and then the sequel was like a, basically a, a comedy, right? And that's kind of how Texas Chainsaw is. But the, but the, the second one is to me is, is just as good as the first. So I really enjoy that one. I always uh, thought the first Nightmare on Elm Street was pretty damn scary, man. The first yeah. there, there, there's not a smile in that movie. <laughs> that first one. Is no, just man, that that was pretty creepy, man. The second uh, too. What's that? The what was that, Ted? The first, the first two Nightmare on Elm Streets, because Freddy became so funny later on. The first two yeah, are more like, comical later there's on. Not a, he does not, there's no laughs in those first two movies. They're both really, really dark, and Freddy is not a funny character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Oh, go ahead. To watch Sinister 2. Uh, one was crazy, man. Yeah, one was crazy. The second one, I, it, I thought it was just a bad movie. Uh, but I had, I, they, I had interviews with Jason Blum and some of the cast, so... Um, I forget the studio. It might have been Blumhouse that did Blumhouse, it. Yeah. But so they rented out a whole theater in Nashville, and they sent me to watch it by myself before oh it my. came. I was in the theater literally just by myself watching Sinister <laughs> 2, and I was like, I hate my life. <laughs> did you get at least unlimited popcorn? Oh, you know, that's the thing about a lot of these screenings. You do get a lot of free candy and popcorn, so I, you get yeah. a little spoiled. But uh, but I just I didn't I just I, that movie I thought was just not good ever. You, you know the first one scared my wife during the day. I mean it bothered her to step outside during the day after she saw the first Sinister. I'd say you you weren't scared of Sinister two. You just thought it was a terrible movie. Yeah, yeah, straight yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a fr- that is a would be franchise. They killed real fast because the first one was kind of people liked it and it made some money and then they put the sequel out and immediately they they kind of killed it. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. With you, that. You, you know, I just thought of a topic that we need to talk about, and we got Gabe from Uncanny X Bros. You know, pretty much a comic expert. We got Brandon from ComicBook.com. We've been having a debate, Brandon and <laughs> Gabe here on ZombieCast, and, and we're talking about Suicide Squad. And for me, and for me, and for me, Brandon, I, I enjoyed the movie. Gabe, you've listened to the show, you know, I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I felt, yeah, yeah. I felt like the Joker was in it fair amount of time you know he's not part of suicide squad so he you know he got his screen time but we've been arguing that that with ted and uh, the guy that's not here matt claimed that superman could just throw them all into the sun and be done with it 
Yeah, he could. That's could, fucking ridiculous. Could, could they fight? Could the Suicide Squad compete against somebody like Superman, uh, Brandon, or, or Gabe? Uh, not a chance. No way. Not a chance. No. <laughs> but see, they they weren't created for that reason, though, and that's the problem I had with the movie. Is why. Amanda Waller had that dinner scene at the beginning is she right. was already setting up the premise with that in case a bad Superman came down, we have these guys to help out. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, to, it's kind of felt, I kind of felt like that's why they said that the team was going to be created for, which made no sense. I mean, you got a guy with a boomerang, a girl with a bat. Um, and, but yet, if you read the Suicide Comic Book, Suicide Squad comic book, they're pretty much they're a team that goes in and does the government's work and goes into places that the governments can't go into and that way they can wash their hands of it in case these guys get killed or the mission fails. I mean basically being a suicide mission. At the same so, time, I think Amanda Waller wouldn't send them in to fight Superman without some sort of plan or preparation to give them an advantage. So the Suicide Squad we saw in the movie, no chance. But I don't think she would have sent them in with the tools she did or the or the, the lack of tools she did to take on something like Superman. Yeah, exactly. And if you watch – Brandon, I'm sure you've seen – have you seen Assault on Arkham, the animated movie? Yeah. Yeah, that's the best Suicide Squad movie out there. I mean, that's way better than the one we just I saw in the theater. Suicide Squad on Arrow. That one's good too. Yeah, that one's good too. Like Deadshot was shot. really convincing in that one. Yeah, that's but the Deadshot that's from the comic book, is the one from Arrow. Yeah. So can we talk a little bit about the Joker? Because it seems that he's just such a hot topic. Not just because of how upset um, Jared Leto has been over the minimum amount, I guess, that he's in the movie, I guess, as opposed to how much he films. But it's not his movie. Also, it's the Joker. But they advertised it as his movie, really, kind of, didn't they? I mean, they really pushed it. But again, remember, Jared Leto, is he's a, big, he's a very um, talented guy. He's not only a great actor, but he's also the lead band member of 30 Seconds Mars. So he's, you know, he's a big person. It's like Ben Affleck. He's got this long sheet of... Of just, you know, um, I don't know, like experience in all of this world. So I think that's why they pushed Jared so much as the Joker. But I also feel like, like everybody's trying, you know, first we had, um, you know, like our big Jokers. And I'm not talking about like our, you know, from the cartoons or anything like that. You know, we have Jack Nicholson. The next person that really stepped up to the plate was Heath Ledger. So it seems almost like, you know, Jared was put in a very tough spot. He had to really prove himself as the Joker. And, you know, we seem to compare him a lot to the previous Jokers. Do you think that that's fair, that that was fair of us to do that? With what we I got, think if we had seen more on screen with him, with apparently all the stuff that was taken out, we could have had a better idea. But I don't think he was in there long enough for us to judge whether he was good or not. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I think uh, it was with how much pressure was on him to perform. I think he did a great job, and I liked what he was doing, but it wasn't enough to come to a conclusion on, you know, like he didn't even have a motivation. He didn't have a goal. He just was there. I mean, I guess his goal was to get Harley, so that wasn't enough, I think, to make a decision on him and see him actually manipulating a movie, manipulating characters and all that to be the Joker that we will know, I think, eventually in the DC movie universe. Right, right. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I think uh, I think if it's true and he is, 
Apparently, he hasn't even seen the movie. So if he's, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure if that's accurate or not. But that's what he claims. Yeah. Um, and apparently, the the whole story behind the bling and his mouth and stuff like mm-hmm. that was there was a whole backstory about apparently Batman bat, uh, taking out all his teeth out when he found out that Joker had killed Jason Todd or Robin, for instance. And that's apparently, why he had the tattoo, a, right? Yeah. That's well, yeah. And then that's why he had the gold teeth. Um, is yeah, the Batman, story behind Batman that as well? And that, yeah, I, remember th- I remember. I remember thinking that before they even sort of said it. I remember talking to somebody like, "Why does he have the silver teeth?" And I said, "There's probably going to be a scene where like he does something that kills Joe Robin, and Batman so like pissed he breaks all his teeth out." And that's apparently exactly what happened. Yeah, I still think he. What do you, Brandon? Do you what do you know about like behind the scenes from being at comicbook.com? No, I mean not you're going to give any secrets out, but do you know if there's going to be an extended cut? ever released or have you heard rant, uh, whispers about that or are we going to get the, the stuff that we didn't see as far as I know I don't think we're going to get like a director's cut of Suicide Squad because Warner Brothers doesn't want to make that into like a habit uh, like of where we just expect to see an extended cut on DVD and Blu-ray uh, David Ayer has you know like backed up the fact that Suicide Squad the theatrical cut was his movie and he is a guy who won't go back on his word maybe because of pride uh but it's just the kind of person he is he's just a very what you see is what you get he means what he says uh do you believe him though uh i think i don't know i think if he does i think he wants to stick to his word i don't i wouldn't expect to see it at the same time i'm not ruling it out but i would say it's more likely that we don't see an extended cut uh i think maybe those scenes pop up online one way or another, like that Steppen, uh, well, it wasn't Steppenwolf, it was what, uh, yeah, I thought it the was Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Steppenwolf scene, uh, the communion, whatever that was, that was released, yeah. like, this morning after Batman vs. Superman. I could see a couple of those popping up online eventually, maybe, like, bonus features on the DVD, but I don't think they're gonna, they're definitely not gonna market it as, like, a get the ultimate edition of Suicide Squad with yeah. a half hour of extra scenes. I don't, I don't think we're gonna get that. But I can't. Then it makes them come out look bad. Like, hey, we didn't give you the full product again. Yeah, well, my thing. Why don't y'all just release these all the better versions you're gonna put on video? Why don't you just make that the real movie from the get go? Because, like I've said, if Batman for Superman Ultimate had been put in the theater, I think the reception would have been a lot warmer than it was. I think so too. Oh, absolutely. I wish I could have seen the Ultimate Edition before I ever saw the theatrical cut. Yeah. So. Yeah, because a lot of things in there made more sense. The Congress thing, the part in the desert, all that stuff made a lot more sense when you see the ultimate edition of why the motivation was there. But yet we didn't see that in the initial. So the, the bad taste was already left in our mouth. I think yeah, the Suicide Squad took a little bit of the pressure off of Justice League, like the, the mm. te- creative team behind Justice League, because now all the fingers aren't being pointed at them. Uh, now it's just kind of like, well, Zack Snyder's not the problem. It's just kind of our general approach. I know that they'd feel a little bit less pressure on Justice League, but having talked to a lot of people involved with Justice League and being on set, I think that with that movie, and I think with Wonder Woman, I don't know all that much about Wonder Woman. I wasn't involved with the production of that, but I think Justice League, people are really going to like it. Yeah, that's what I heard too. I think what made a big difference was Jeff Johns being kind of like the Kevin Feige now of the DCU. I think he's his his writing is is pretty much standalone excellent in the comic industry. So the fact that he's able to like watch over what's going on in the in the movie thing now after they made him chief whatever uh, chief director of that, I think is gonna 
it's going to be proven to to see. We're going to see a lot better movies, and I really think the Batman movie is going to be pretty much like a. a, a it's going to. I think it's going to be an Arkham game, but in a Batman, but in a live action movie. Yeah, I've heard a rumor more more they're, I, they, they're trying to make like the Raid Redemption with Batman, and it takes place in Arkham. Yeah. Instead, instead of like a big building, and I was like, "Yep, I, I'd be on board for." I think everybody'd be on board for that. And I'm if you've played the Arkham like, games, yeah, then today's uh, little video that Brandon put out with the uh, the tease of of Deathstroke, I think, makes all makes more sense. If Affleck putting that out there, that we see Deathstroke in the in the standalone Batman movie as one of the villains, because yeah, he was one of the major bosses in the video games. Deathstroke is is reported today to be the main villain of uh, Batman, and from what I've heard, um, it's going to be like uh, he is probably trying to break out all the criminals in Arkham, and they form a team against Batman. So it's not just him, but he is kind of the ringleader of yeah, it all. And I would dude, sign me up, take my money. I'm all, I'm all in. Yeah, there. see, that'd be amazing. Would it like if they just made Arkham, basically Arkham the game, and he's stuck in creepy Arkham, and you can have, you can get Harley in there in some way. You can have like, I mean, and you have a thing where you don't know who's going to show up. Like suddenly. Oh, a door breaks open and Clayface jumps out. I mean, like, it, it, they can make that movie dark and awesome. And Ben Affleck, who's, uh, some people don't like him, but he is an Academy Award winning film, two time Academy Award winning filmmaker. And he's, he's writing and directing it, I think. So, and I think every, the one thing everybody does agree on is Ben Affleck is an awesome Batman. They might as well just call it the, the Bat Flick because he's writing, directing, executive producing, and starring. And so, I'm glad because I think he makes good movies. Absolutely, I, I totally agree. And I'll tell you, yeah. when I, this was one, and I, this was so cool. Uh, when we were on the set, it was uh, the Gotham City Police Department rooftop was was the set, and I mean, Gal was there in full Wonder Woman, Ezra was in full Flash costume, and everybody was in, in costume. And Ben just stepped right off the set, and I'm not. He was standing, I mean, a foot away from my face in the full bat suit for about 15 minutes and we're talking about all this stuff and it was that was one of the moments where I'm like is this real but uh he he said that he didn't want they they had a script and a day of target release date from Warner Brothers but he specifically said that he doesn't like where the script is and this was 2 3 months ago uh this was 2 months ago back in June second week of June so he said that he's not going to make this movie until he knows that the script is where he wants it to be, because yeah. he doesn't—he doesn't care about a release date. He doesn't care about what this, what anybody wants. He wants to make a good movie, and until he believes in the script completely, he's not going to make one. So that is such a good sign for the future. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it doesn't get better than that. I think I think they could really make something. It's totally tonally different, obviously, because they're they're going to have monsters and and superpowers and things. But I think they could make something. That's to me is is good, if not better than what Nolan did, because they're sticking more to what Batman is, you know. And I I want to see the monsters and all that crazy shit Batman fights that could never have fit into Nolan's universe. Yeah, I want to see all that crazy. I want to see Poison crazy. Ivy with some some CGI tentacles going up the walls and shit. <laughs> you know? Like let's, I feel like they were so afraid to do that with like the the universe they were building with BVS, and now that Jeff Johns is there, it's just like all right, go full comic book. Look at how successful the Flash is on TV with all the meta human stuff it's doing. It's not afraid to dive in. Let's just go all in and satisfy these people who are craving it, and then we'll get the audience is going to be there. Like let's just do this. I think that's what Jeff Johns is doing. Like basically, basically what they did with the original Batman movies, where they stuck closer to the comic as far as they have like the characters or superpowers and all this bullshit, but you sort of keep the keep the dark Nolan-y tone, mm-hmm. but have the fantastical stuff. 
and then and you're still different from Marvel when you do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think Batman Bat- actually has some of the best villains out there out of all the, his oh, rogues gallery is by oh, far the best over than anybody's. I mean, even mm-hmm. over Marvel. I mean, Batman still. I mean, you're talking Freeze, Poison Ivy, Joker, Killer Croc. I mean, a lot of the guys you see in Suicide Squad are either Batman villains or the guys you see on uh, Arrow are Batman villains. So, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, a character can only. I, I I firmly believe that a character, a protagonist, can only be as good as the antagonist. And that's what makes Batman such an interesting character because, I mean, if you look at it, what's really the difference between, say, Batman, Iron Man, or any other hero that has lost their parents and grown up to put a suit on or get superpowers? Like, the villains. I mean, you read Iron Man comics and they're not as compelling as Batman comics. No, they've never, they never have been. Batman's always been the better comic. Absolutely. But on on screen right now, Iron Man is dominating, you know? Yeah. Because they're, th- I mean, actually, I, I, that's this, that's a poor example because they did sh- terrible villains in the last two Iron Man movies. But well, uh, yeah, the they, with Marvel. Iron Man, he's just such a witty character. You kind of love and hate Tony Stark, you know. And I think yeah. that's in the but writing. His comics, his comics have never done well at all. I mean, somebody, they've you know, done okay, but nothing like the Batman comics. Somebody said how Iron Man was like sort of like a B character that no one really knew or gave a shit about. It was Robert Downey Jr. that made him into a beloved thing but he was never that popular before robert downey jr no not at all oh absolutely he was i mean he was such an obscure comic book character prior to 2008 that it's it's comical how much he's blown up i mean they all they owe that all to robert downey jr obviously he did such a great job in that role at at a great time for a movie like that to come along i actually just watched it again last weekend and i mean i was i was like wow they really did this stuff with terrorism and uh, all this and living in a cave back in 2008, that's pretty bold if you think about the the picture that people have of Marvel now, how they think it's all so family-friendly and everything. Like, go back to Iron Man and watch it again. And, I mean, that movie was not the most kid-friendly, like, bring your kids to the theater. It's a it's a colorful, bright movie. It had some and dark you know what's funny? Yeah, you know what's funny about the Marvel movies is people have that perception. Dude, a lot of people die in the Marvel movies on a regular <laughs> basis. Yeah. I Solid. mean, did you see what Ronan did to one of his uh, the people, I mean, with that damn hammer he had in Guardians of the Galaxy? And that was like the most fun-loving movie out of all of them. But at the beginning of the scene, when you see him in his chamber and he has that guy held up, he pretty much grabs his hammer and beats his head in until the blood, I mean, pretty much yeah. drips all into his... Uh, and I'm like, okay, well... I don't see stuff like that. I mean, think about it. Who actually died in BVS? Uh, that that guy in the wheelchair. <laughs> uh, and those people in Congress. Yeah, but I'm saying no heroes die. I mean, nothing was. It just has that dark tone to it. But there was nobody that really died in that movie. Jimmy Olsen got shot in the face to start the movie. Oh yeah. But there, was that was that in the ultimate cut or was that in the regular cut? That was in the regular cut, and I was like, "Why?" But they the never. They, but they. Uh, I think they did a better job of uh, setting up that that was Jimmy Olsen in the ultimate cut. Yeah, they had to say it in an interview when it was theatrical. They had to say it because nobody knew. Uh, uh Gabe, um, Batman splatter, Superman splattered that uh, that terrorist guy through the wall. Oh, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, dude, if you watch a lot of these Avengers movies, I mean, Civil War, there was a lot of people during that whole crossbones scenes that died as well. I mean, we're talking, I mean, uh, T'Challa's dad died. I mean, got shot up. Yeah, yeah, Quicksilver Quicksilver died. died. Yeah, Yeah. that was kind of shocking because I thought he was going to be like a... 
a, re- a regular. It's still Coulson in the first Avengers. That was pretty. That was one of the wildest things when that when Loki's spear went right through his heart. And the guy that was helping um, Iron Man even create the suit that he was like in the cave the whole time. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 he died. <laughs> yeah, he's super dead. <laughs> Yeah, the, I more like I hear, the, yeah. the more I hear about it, I'm starting to think that uh, that the government that they're right. They do need to monitor the Avengers. They're out of control. They're a little out of control <laughs> killing all these people. Yeah, uh, so, but I think Civil War was also uh, Civil War for me. I don't know how they make a better movie in general, like comic book or not. I don't know how Marvel could possibly top it with Infinity War. I literally said to the Russo brothers, guys, like how how do you <laughs> how make you a better movie? Like how do you do that? But uh, I think that Civil War just had the best on point emotional beats. Like I don't I don't know how you top that. Like it had it balanced every character so well. Every single character had at least some form of an arc where they were relevant. I mean I don't know how you do better than that. And you knew the Civil War was coming through the movie, but all it took was somebody like Helmut Zemo to really get it going. Um, and who was really not a main antagonist, but yet he got them to pretty. He got the whole thing started with them with yeah. creating that civil war. But it was already there. You could tell in other movies that there was already uh, Captain feeling like he didn't trust Tony on certain things, and and Fury as well. So yeah. it, it was really smart in every movie for them to kind of show that this where they were, this movie was leading up to. So yeah, I mean, the, the, that's the difference. I think the biggest difference, obviously, between Marvel and DC is how well Marvel built towards everything they've done. Like, yeah. they took their time, they planted seeds, they didn't just throw characters on the screen and, and just hope to use them later. Like, they, they planned. I mean, it, it was really, that's the, that's the biggest difference, in my opinion. I said to somebody just the other day, too, like, you know, how he, there was been articles which, how this was like one of the worst summer movie seasons in history. If you look at it, like, what came out, and it was just sort of disappointment after, like, Independence Day kind of flopped, Ghostbusters kind of flopped. Suicide Squad's making money, but it was disappointing to a lot of people. Like, really, at the end of the day, just uh, this movie, uh, the Don't Breathe, is doing well, but there was no hype for that. If you look at the movies that were hyped up, this summer movie season started in May. The one movie that sort of nailed it was was Captain America. That financially, financially, and you know, reviews wise, not people liked it, and that's just. That's and power. Jungle Book and Jungle Book, which is what another Disney movie. That's the power of Disney. Disney doesn't. I think Disney's incapable of making bad movies. That's why, like Rogue One coming out this year, I guarantee you, I'm going to love that movie because Disney really has tapped Ooh, into man, something. I've heard some questionable stuff about Rogue One. Hey. I don't know. I, I think it looks. I, I heard. I heard they reshot the entire third act, which is just. I, I don't know. Obviously, reshoots are a good thing because that means they recognize the problem fixed it but uh i the way i heard that it originally ended people would have been like well why did i just watch that but they fixed that so hopefully they they fixed it for for good i mean i'm obviously gonna watch that movie probably 17 times but uh i I hope i hope they did fix whatever the big problem was yeah i got it yeah i don't know any spoilers about that but yeah i'll be very interested to see like I'm curious how that could end because they say it goes right into a new hope. Like you can almost watch him as one big back movie. Back. So I'm wondering, like, what happened? I wonder if Darth Vader just kills all these people at the end. Like they they get the uh, they get the no. Plan. They all become the Knights of Ren. Apparently, <laughs> I heard that theory going around. <laughs> well, they they get the plan. I think they're going to get the plans <laughs> to the ship. The the yeah the uh, uh whatever the ship was called the um the yes, you know whatever. Star. No, the, the ship from the first movie that 
that they're they're riding Jimmy Smith's ship that was in you know you know the ship that starts the C three PS one yeah they're gonna get it to that ship and then I think Darth Vader's they're all gonna get obliterated but it's gonna be if they all died and it's sad but they got the plans to Princess Leia, to Princess yeah, Leia. I, that is that movie and that and Doctor Strange I think uh, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan <gasps> what so. no don't say that <laughs> don't <laughs> tell you what right now I'm looking at actually at Comic Con I don't know if you saw the that during Hall H Eddie Redmayne and a couple of like people dressed as uh, what are they? I don't know. I don't even remember what they're called. Uh, they walked around all of Hall H and handed out all the magic wands from Fantastic Beasts. Oh. So I, I have that thing. I oh. promised my coworker he's moving down here from New York. Oh, I'll man. give it to your wife. You guys get here. But I'm jelly. It's Doctor Strange and Rogue One for me are the final hopes this year. I mean, Fantastic Beasts, I'm going to watch it. I, I, I might enjoy it, but it's not one that I'm particularly excited for. I think Doctor Strange is going to be fantastic. I think it's just another notch for uh, Marvel to add to another uh, genre of their move of Marvel movies. Like we got the mysticism, we had the technology, we had the espionage. I think this whole thing with Doctor Strange, if his villain, that, if his main villain Dormammu shows up in this movie, it could be pretty badass. Dude. Doctor Strange has unlimited potential to be one of the best Marvel movies ever, and it's going to be awesome because he's such an like to people who don't know comics, like who the hell is Doctor Strange, you know? Yeah. And he's about to become just like Iron Man did. Like he's about yep, to be exactly. so mainstream if that movie is great. And it's God, I hope it's good. Uh, I think I, it's I, going I, to be things about it, and I, I, I'm absolutely stoked to see it. Yeah, me too, man. I'm really excited. I think this is a good Brandon's time my people. to be that kind of nerd. You know what I mean? You guys are really talking nerdy to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you, but you know zombies out there, we asked Brandon for an hour, man. We, I don't want to hold him up too much. And Gabe, dude, I, I know you've got some projects at home. Uh, you know, we, we do want to give a shout out. Our very own Matt uh, which you guys know, he's uh, the voice of Xbox Canada. He's, he's done, he's doing all kinds of voice stuff now. But he's got a new animated series out. What is it, Ted? Well, shit, you put me on the spot, Sean. <laughs> it's, uh, HP. Lovecraft. I have it right here. Ted. I have it right here, Sean. It's uh, HP Lovecraft TV. Um, it's an animated episode of In the Mouth of Madness that he did the voice work on. Um, and if you go to my Uncanny Expros page, I pimped it out where you guys can check it's out the first HP episode. HPLovecraft.tv. You have Mouth of Madness. He's, he's one of the main voices. And you could definitely tell which one he is. Yes, yeah. you could. And he did a fantastic job. Yep, he absolutely yep. did. And yep. we love you, Matt. Yes, yes. Uh, next week uh, is Labor Day. I've got four DJ gigs next week. So, I, you know, I, I don't think I can make the show next week. So if you guys what? do a show, maybe Gabe can fill in. For Freeman, but yeah, I don't get many holidays. But I, I get this one, and 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 I, and I get to DJ and make some coin and have some fun. And uh, it's it's actually going to be during the show uh, of next week, so I may not be on the show next week. There may not even be a show. We may take a break. I know Matt's preparing for his new baby, and uh, t- well, not I, I, if you guys want to do it. I I think I'm free. If you guys need a if you if you guys or, decide to do it, or we can, we can, we cannot be live. We can just do a, an actual podcast because I want to hear about the 31. Yeah, uh, the Blair Witch thing. So maybe, maybe, maybe next week Zombie Cast will be done on a Sunday night or, or something like that. But we'll figure it out. Uh, Brandon, dude, wh- where can people find you, man? Tell us all about you. Uh, Comicbook.com. And, and thanks again for coming on. But uh, Brandon, man, wh- where can people find you? 
Yeah, man, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. This has been a blast. So yeah, yeah. Have me back sometime. But uh, you guys can find me at Brandon Davis BD on Twitter, uh, USCBD on Instagram. I don't do much Instagramming. It's all been black and white and just personal stuff. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and then also on ComicBook.com, I run the uh, the Walking Dead on ComicBook.com Facebook page. Um, I'm actually I'm going to post a link to this uh, this podcast as soon as I can. Uh, figure out how to do that on that page we have a whole bunch of followers so i hope everybody listened to it yeah uh, thank you man this has been a blast you guys are almost five million man that's pretty that's pretty awesome dude that's yeah, crazy well, we have awesome. we have a couple different pages we have the main comic book page which is close to five and then we have the walking dead page which is about 2.6 so that's where i'm going to post this link and that i, I hope uh, i hope people listen to it and have as much fun as we just did yeah you, you know a, a lot of times Locally, uh, Brandon, people, uh, they, they talk about the zombie show that I do, you know, and, and we started this from scratch and when we become a part of, uh, the crypt and, and Eli Roth personally asked us to, to be a part of them and then the society. I mean, we, we've gradually built it up, but, but people just think zombie and horror and doom, but really we're a comedy show with some horror thrown in. You know, we, we, we like, you know, like sit on the front porch having a pint with your bro talking shit about stuff that you like that, yeah. that's more us you know what i'm saying so really we're not just zombies but we're, we're, you know front porch conversation man is uh, basically what we are man absolutely dude that's the best kind of conversation that's when you just start talking about all the stuff you really like and what we just did pretty much yeah man which is a good time uh gabe where can people find you buddy uh, you can find me, uh, Gabriel Lea, on Facebook. Um, I've got my Uncanny Expros private Facebook group. Uh, we're probably about two fifth, almost 300 strong right now. Um, it's pretty, you guys are all on there as well. Maybe, Brandon, if you've got your Facebook, you'd like to join our group and maybe feel free to post stuff there or just chime in on some of the comments we have on pictures and collections we put up. Um, mm-hmm. It is Uncanny Expros. It's a private group. You send me an invite, and I'll bring you in. Um, other than that, on Twitter, you can find me at Exodus at triple X O D U S. Nice. Nice. And Miss Norma Latte, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter under Normie 477, or you can find me on all games Thursday nights, uh, with knuckleballer radio. And actually I'm guesting tomorrow night, uh, Tuesday on all games for the B team and talk a little bit about Titanfall 2. And you can find me on Facebook under Normie Late if you so choose to look for me. Did you play the Titanfall 2 Alpha, Norma? I sure did, Mr. Ten. It was good, When did you you play it? Because we were talking about you. Uh, I played it last weekend, and then I played a little bit more this weekend. In fact, I ended up liking it more the second time around than the first time. Well, they changed it. They they, they listened to the fans who were screaming and yelling. Thank you. Because it seemed more It's more more Titanfall-y. It's much more Titanfall-y now. Whereas the first weekend was like, what the fuck? Right, right. <laughs> so, Good. Awesome. So, Ted, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me, Tedekin, on everything. And I wanted to say, uh, R.I.P. Gene Wilder. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stir crazy, man. We bad, we bad. Gene Wilder, Gene Wilder was great. He was. That whole movie was filmed in Tucson, too, Stir Crazy. Yeah, dude, I love that. Him and Richard Pryor, dude. Haunted, Haunted Honeymoon, Young Frankenstein, those are my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. So uh, you can find me on Twitter.com slash FreemanDaddy5. Uh, and I game some. My Xbox One Gamer tag is FreemanDaddy7. Also, we've got the guys from Z Nation coming back on. Craig Engler, he's always uh, kind of come on and, and had a, a big shebang here on ZombieCast for each season of Z Nation. But I've been talking to Murphy. You know, we, we just had Doc on uh, talking about blunts and marijuana and, and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah. but, but uh, you know, 
look forward to that coming. And then also the Stranger Things fans. We haven't talked about this much, but we have. Uh, dude, it, it's been fucking crazy, man. All right. Th- th- there's a character on Stranger Things that has never done a radio interview. But Norma, our very own Norma, is best friends with Ed Sanchez, which discovered one of the actors. So a father has agreed for that actor to come on ZombieCast, but we got to yes. do it with Ed Sanchez because that actress is nervous. So that, that's a twofer. So you're going to have uh, a, a big star from uh, the show and the creator of the Blair Witch Project on one episode. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. Correct. So, uh, is, that, is this confirmed to be happening or is it still being worked out? We're still uh, working it out. Time scheduling is not working very well because at the there's moment. There's a lot of big, there's like four different time zones involved. Yeah. That is correct. Because she's in Spain and what it is is uh, her father has turned everybody away, but, but Ed Sanchez discovered 11. So her father said, you, well, know, you just it, gave it, it away, Sean. I mean, I mean, not 11. Uh, no, the, the 12. Kid. He discovered but, uh, 12. But, uh, you know, the father agreed for her to come on ZombieCast, but we, it's got to be with Ed Sanchez. Well, since he just said it, yeah, the, uh, the, 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 the character, since he just gave it away, the character is Eleven, who's kind of stole yeah. the entire show, and she's, there's been, she's, I've never seen a character blow up as quick as she did, where there are cosplays, there's figurines, well, everything, and somehow. I mean, somehow, is what, 12, we said, and she can put an adult actress to shame. I mean, what she did on Stranger Things is amazing. Well, what movie was did Ed Sanchez... It wasn't a movie. Her? It was a show, I believe, Intruders for the BBC. So he met her... Because she was born in England. So that's where he you know, he discovered yeah. her and had her on, on one she's of the shows. She's in Spain, I think, now. So we, we're trying to figure out those time zones. But it's set in stone. Well, we just got to... You know what's funny is I almost, it I almost gave it away a couple of weeks ago because what I said was... Uh, I was about to say, um, this, this character's gotten so big, I took a photo of someone wearing a cosplay at Scare LA, then I realized that all anyone had to do was just like look at my Instagram and go, okay, you know, well, that's who it is. Right. Right, Somebody right. walking around dressed is, is her at, at uh, Scare LA. Right. Uh, but Gabe, I mean, uh, Gabe, thank you so much for coming on, man, on Kenny X Bros. We love you. Dude, thanks for having me, man. Yes, and Brandon, dude, thanks once again, man. You're always welcome on ZombieCast. If you ever just want to escape and have some front porch conversation, man, Monday nights, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, we broadcast over 200 countries here, man. So uh, definitely join us. And uh, Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, anytime. Anytime, man. How do I post a link to this? Uh, I, I, I will get you all that information. Sweet. Uh, oh, and if you ever want to talk up to your buddy, uh, uh, Batfleck, and uh, get him to come on the show, co-host, <laughs> we'd, we'd love to have Ben Affleck come on. <laughs> I'll give him your card for sure. <laughs> Ted just wants to touch his, his abs all the way from there. I just want to talk to Ben Affleck. There's Let's like 14 abs in there. I don't blame him at all. <laughs> but zombies. That, that is a handsome man. <laughs> it's not fair. It's just not fair. <laughs> all right, to all the zombies of the world. We want to thank you, and on behalf of the mighty All Games Radio Network from the creators at G4 TV, we got Mr. Brandon from ComicBook.com, Gabe from Uncanny X Bros, Norma Latte, Tedekin, Madam McFly, and myself, Freeman Daddy Five, with our episode 217 of ZombieCast. It's a drop! You know, you know what I forgot to talk about, but it, it would have been better if Matt was on anyway, is the, uh, the Negan saying fuck 10,000 times clip that leaked. Oh. Yeah, but I, I, I kind of want Matt on for that because Matt, you know, has been talking about the language. Oh, that been- I'm gonna be yeah. the holy fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be the holy fuck, fuckity fuck, fuck out of one of you. Well, I tell you what, Brandon. Usually, usually our new guest signs us out, tells everybody bye. But how about a fuckity fuck, fuck Negan goodbye? Can you do it for us, Brandon? If you guys aren't here next week, 
the zombie cast is gonna beat the holy fuck, fuck, fuckity fuck out of one of you. <laughs> your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.